Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the 2021 Director of Virtual Programs for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. And I'm Leticia Niago, Vice President of Learning. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hubka, and I'm the 2021 Vice President of Finance. We also have Helena Hodges, Director of Technology and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we're interviewing an award-winning learning and development professional with over 15 years of experience in the talent development field, founder of Rebel Learn, Andrea Maliska. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, before we jump into our topic of Mind the Gap, Strategies to Avoid a Generation Gap in Training, which I'm excited about, (laughs) please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Yeah, great. So as you stated, I have about 15 years of experience in learning and development. I started out really building out learning and development programs within corporations that didn't have learning and development previously. So it was really a fresh build, getting into companies and building out internal universities and external learning products. And about four years ago, I decided to kind of go on my own and start my own consultancy where I now help companies build out strategy, pick platforms really where I'm helping them build out um, full programs for their internal and their external audiences. These can be learning products or internal universities. So really a wide range of things that I'm helping individuals work on. I also have a product management background. So I typically will combine a lot of my uh, skills from product management into building out these learning experiences. I really see learning programs as being a product that you're putting out in front of an audience. So I tend to take that skill set and really apply that when I'm building out my learning. Ooh, I love how that translates over. Yeah. All right. So we are talking about generations. So let's let's set the stage here. How many generations do we currently have in the workforce and and what do we call them? Yeah. So we have currently, for the first time in history, we have five distinct learning generations in the workforce. So we have our traditionalists, we have our baby boomers, we have our Gen Xers, which I know have been called several different things recently, um, and maybe <laughs> maybe a generation that that kind of you know is about five years on the end of that Generation X. We have our Gen, our Millennials, and then our Gen Z. So those are the five ones that are currently in the workforce right now. Oh, so I'm almost thinking like Gen X is like a sandwich generation now. It is, yeah. And there's even (laughs) a little mini generation of about 1977 to 1983 that that tends to have a little bit of different characteristics. It blends between a millennial and Gen X, which is also kind of interesting. I actually fall in that that category. Ah, well, so I'm guessing there's a lot of challenges. Well, and opportunities. So what what kind of challenges or opportunities does this present for us TD professionals? So, uh, you know, for professionals that are building out um, any type of talent development or learning material, you know, you're looking at five distinct groups that are really shaped by five very different ways of learning, very different characteristics, different ways in which they grew up learning. You know, one of the main things that I see and that I've seen in the past is, you know, how we sat in school as children and how we learned in a classroom. It it used to be where it's very much when I grew up and when kind of some of the later generations grew up, it was sit, 
do your own work. Don't talk to the person next to you. Make sure that you're keeping your eyes on your work and in rows, kind of one behind another. And now you look and you see that the the more recent generations are learning in learning pods. They're collaborating on everything that they're doing. They're they're meant to talk to each other and and brainstorm and work with each other. And so as we see these generations come into the workforce and really come into the the learning world of the workforce, you know, these individuals, they like to learn differently. I I like to learn on my own and watch something on my very own. I'm not a big sit in a group and collaborate. That makes me a little bit nervous when someone asks me to do that. But then you see, you know, millennials and gen and Gen Z that that's what they're used to. That's how they learn and that's really what they want. So um, those are some of the biggest challenges is understanding what really is driving and motivating these different generations. Ooh, so how about we look at this two different ways, uh, if you don't mind. First, let's go into each of the generations and just maybe an overarching learning characteristic and how we can best connect with learners from that generation. Yeah. And then we'll bring it all together and talk about what are some strategies we can use for a multi-generational a classroom, if you will, or a learning program. Are you game? That sounds great. I love that. Awesome. So let's start with traditionalists. So traditionalists really grew up in a time where, um, you know, there was a lot of uh, not wanting to waste. And so that is is going to be something that they take with them into everything that they do. Um, and also just making sure that everything that they do means something to what they're doing. So what I mean by that is really looking at the WIFM. So what's in it for me? What is it going to be that why are they doing what they're doing? You know, don't give me something that that I don't need to be doing because that seems a little bit wasteful. So making sure that they have a strong under, understanding of of the work that they're doing and how they're going to apply it to their day-to-day is really important. They typically like more in-person kind of hands-on type of training as well. It's just something that they're that they typically grew up with and are more used to. But that doesn't mean that this generation can't Excel at online learning as well. It's just making sure that you give them the right tools that they need in order to be able to successfully do that. So really strong, good, um, easy user experience is important. Really, that's important to all our audiences. But yeah, those are kind of the the main ones for the traditionalist group. Okay. How about baby boomers? Yeah. So baby boomers and Gen X are going to be somewhat similar in how they like to learn. Again, this one is big on really kind of doing work on their own, not necessarily wanting to do too much in a group, but they really like to make sure that they're contributing to the greater good of the group. So they like to be a part of a team. It's just, let me go do my piece of it and make sure that I am actually contributing to what the what the end goal is for this entire team. So it's not that they want to be siloed. It's not that they want to be on their own, but really making sure that they're getting the opportunities to do this work on their own, and then contribute to that greater good. Nice. And anything specific for Gen X? Yeah. So this group really likes to uh, do this work on their own. Again, collaboration and collaborative work, not that they're not good collaborators. It just is something that isn't as comfortable for this generation. This is the generation yeah. I fit into. So I, I fully understand the, the mindset of this generation. Um, highly technical, like to use technology uh, to get learning done. So really, uh, e-learning is really good for this generation. It's something that they can kind of do on their own, um, head forward. But one thing about this generation that I find, and it actually is one of my biggest characteristics, is I need to know when I'm not going down the right path. 
So if I am not going down the right path, tell me, let me correct, and then let me keep going. So, you yeah. know, building in check on learnings, that kind of stuff for this um, generation is really important. They don't like to get too far down the path without having some type of feedback. So that's important for them. Now, what about millennials? So millennials, if you think about it, have spent a majority of their of their life with some type of a computer or a smartphone or a laptop or a tablet. So highly motivated by e-learning, small digestible bits. So if you think about the way that the millennial and even Gen Z that we see even more so like to learn is very small pieces. They interact with social media on a daily basis. You have, you know, social media, Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and all of these other um, social media pieces that they interact with daily that are very small, digestible, targeted content. So that is how they like to ingest content. Give me it quick. Give me it very digested, very targeted. I need to be able to do it on my phone. This generation also, because there was a big shift from sitting in rows to sitting in these learning pods and collaboration pods, they love collaboration. They love mentorship. They love that piece of things. Let me sit in a group and discuss these things and let's let's debate these things. So that is also a big thing to keep in mind when you are building out for this generation. E-learning content needs to be small, small digestible, easily you know, put onto a, um, a smartphone that they can take a quick class before they're getting onto a plane. But when you're doing in-person training or even an e-learning program, there needs to be that social aspect and that that collaboration piece to it to really motivate this generation. Yeah. Wow. And so I'm very curious about Gen Z since yes. they're just now entering the workforce. Yeah. Gen Z is interesting because they're kind of a, an interesting blend be- between Gen-, Gen X and millennial. So th- this generation hasn't known life without without phones. And if you think about the way that this generation just interacts and communicates with each other. It's typically all via chat, via a phone. It's not really a lot of in-person. Even as we see this individual in these groups interact in schools, a lot of it is online. So this generation doesn't love collaboration or group work. They like to do things on their own. They like to be able to do it, but that needs to be something that they can do on their phones, on a laptop. So again, similar to the millennial generation, very targeted, very digestible. Give it to me very quick. After two or three minutes, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go on to the next thing. So you have to make sure you make your point very quickly. Make sure that you're giving them some types of check on learnings that they can do and some types of interactions and application, but not necessarily with a group or with a collaboration pod or anything like that. So they're very much like to work in like with themselves and siloed. So knowing that we have we often don't have a classroom mm-hmm. or a team that only has one generation, right? Because mm-hmm. we're five in the workforce. What are some ways that while we can celebrate the uniqueness of each generation, that we can make sure and meet the needs of everyone in the the learning audience, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the main things that I always say is really understanding your audience. So as a learning professional, we have to understand who we're making our content for. Even if we don't know exactly every single person in there, but kind of what is the makeup? And typically when I work in a corporation, I will partner with HR and just find out what is our what is our generational makeup? What are we looking at? 
Because if you have a large group of individuals coming in that are starting to be hired that are more on the Gen Z and millennial, you can make your decisions that way. But if you don't know that information, I think making sure that you have really smart design. So if you're lear- if you're building an e-learning program, making sure that you have smart de- design. Nobody is going to say no to a two to three minute video. That's not going to be. That's not going to happen. Um, you're not going to have somebody that says, no, I want to sit down and watch a 45 minute video. So I think that (laughs) making sure that you make that content digestible and targeted one for your audience, but two for yourself as a learning professional, when you need to go back and make updates, make any changes, additions, you don't want to redo a big, long video. So even just from a, a management standpoint, these smaller micro learnings are they're welcomed by every generation. So I think that's a good way to start. Making sure that you also have some types of additional resources. One thing about the baby boomer generation is that they will continually go the extra mile. So having additional resources that they can go out and here's more information on YouTube or a TED Talk, or here's some white papers you can read or additional resources there. That doesn't take any extra time really on the learning and professional development side of things. But it is a it is definitely something that can be utilized if they want to. So it gives them the, the decision and the choice if it's something that they want to do. And then I always say, you know, a lot of times individuals don't like to create manuals, but there's still a lot of people that really like to have some type of manual or job aid or something to interact with, take notes on that they can interact with. So I, I always provide something to that effect. There's actually several learning management tools right now, like LMSs, that have that as part of it. They'll take the content you've built into the micro learning, and they'll actually give you an option to just have this as a printable PDF. So it isn't even an extra step. It's just, here's an extra way for us to be able to tackle that those other learning styles that might, might really want this. Ooh, could you possibly name a few of those tools? The one that I've been using actually recently that does it really well is called Nobi. It's it's like gnome. (laughs) It actually has a little gnome as its as its mascot. It's really cute. But it's called Nobi. N um, G N O W B E. They do a phenomenal job of allowing a really nice user experience, but also they have those other bits to it that you can add in if you want to. Nice. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is because uh, you know, depending on the generation, you think of like training is let's all go sit in a classroom mm-hmm. and talk, mm-hmm. right? So it sounds like to meet that multi generational need, we need to have several. It's almost like an experience, not like just going for two hours into a workshop, but an experience of like some bite sized learning, some collaboration, follow up resources, uh, uh, like an um a huge, not huge, but a, a workbook, a comprehensive workbook. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So blended learning is is 100% where I, where I sit whenever I build out uh, programs and strat- strategic programs for my clients is, is blended learning. I actually just wrote a blog post on blended learning. And really it is that full experience. And that really is what learning should be. It should be an experience for these individuals, this, the audiences that are taking it. It's how we best learn. So when we are able to hit on several different, several of our senses, that's when learning comes more retained. So if we're able to hit on our visual as well as being able to apply with our hands, even here audibly, so you can also that, so if you can hit all three of those senses in one piece of content, the amount of, or the, the ability for that individual to retain has just gone up by that much as if you just had yeah. one of those senses hit. So yeah, that full experience is extremely important. 
Nice. Well, we'll put the link to that blog in our episode description. Great. That sounds great. Yeah. Any tips uh, additionally to effectively lead a multi-generational team? Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing there, again, this is it's similar, but it's it's a little bit different when you're talking about leading is, again, knowing your audience. The one thing that I always did with all of my teams is I made sure to understand who they were and then lead them the way that they needed to be leaded. So I never, or the, the way they needed to be led. I never took a singular approach to management. So for me, the way that I saw management and the way that I still see management is I'm really there to support a full team of individuals and they're all individuals. They're all, you know, they're all filled with different characteristics and life experiences and things that they're bringing to the table each day. So I always make it a point to um, understand and get to know those individuals on a personal level and understand what makes each one of them tick. So one of my individuals may only want to have one-on-ones with me once a month and that's what they need. And all they need to know is what do I need to do this month? What is what does success success look like? What does failure look like? Let me go, and we will check back in in a month. And others may yeah. want to meet once a week because they, you know, that's what they need is they need that more collaboration. So I like to take in to management the concepts that these are, but again, not allowing those to put individuals in a box. It's really understanding that there may be generational differences, but then really getting to know those individuals and making sure you're not just putting them into a box when you're when you're leading them. I love that. That's actually a component of transformational leadership, yeah. which is my favorite type. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. So one thing I, I like to keep in mind here is making sure that when building out programs for anybody, especially when we're talking about generational differences, is to make sure that we are very aware of our biases, the biases that we carry when we are developing for different generations, making sure that we're not letting that get into the content that we're building. So I think it's one really important to be self-aware and then allowing ourselves to let go of that. So I've seen that happen a lot where biases can creep into a learning program. And all of a sudden you're building a learning program for yourself and you're Mm. not building it for your audience. So it's always important. You got to keep it for your audience and know that that's that's kind of your lens and your filter and make sure you're keeping your own biases out of of that um, creation process. Great advice. Andrea, at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests five rapid-fire style questions. Each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Are you ready? I am ready. Great. Give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. Yes. So this is probably going to be a little bit different, but I am huge on communication. Crucial Conversations is one book that I would suggest everybody read. This is one of those pieces where communication is so key to the ability to push projects along and build, build training and content for other audiences that these conversations and being able to adequately concentrate on those daily interactions and making sure that we're able to live up to having disagreements and differences of opinion on the way that we need to move forward. And being able to do that in a really healthy and positive manner is huge for any individual, but definitely in the L&D space. Great suggestions. Give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. So I have two, unfortunately, and I'm going to do this really quick, but Canva 
and Genially are both tools that I use all the time now in order to be able to create really professional looking assets for my videos and my trainings without actually having to hire a graphic designer. Super easy to use. They are, anybody can use them and they just step your content up that much more. Love it. What's the best piece of talent development related advice that you've ever been given? So I think I've touched on this a little bit as we've spoken and you can kind of see that it has definitely built its way into the way that I work is always remember we are not developing this content for ourselves, but for our audience. So leave the biases at home and really get to know your audience. What's one thing you're excited about that's coming up in 2021 or 2022? So the biggest thing I think I'm excited about is is being able to do more with VR and in learning and development. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of really cool opportunities popping up for VR, not just in the tech space, but also in soft skills and training. And so I think that those use cases and the tools that are popping up for VR and this modality is really exciting. Interesting. What is one thing within our talent development industry that you are deeply grateful for right now? I am most grateful for how much support that I see companies now starting to put into talent development. Something I haven't always seen in the past and something I've always kind of had to fight for and fight to get. But now I'm seeing that companies are really starting to understand how important and how valuable and vital talent development is to their workforce and really to their bottom line. Yeah, it's nice to see people invest in that. Finally. Yes, finally. This year (laughs) has been pretty exciting. Yeah. Andrea, we are so happy you joined us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And a thank you to my co-hosts as well. Such a relevant conversation. Thanks for sharing, Andrea. Yeah, we really appreciate it. You gave us some great ideas and strategies to consider. And I know a lot of our listening audience will really be able to use them. So thank you. And many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, though, we have a message from Helena. Do you want to connect with like-minded talent development professionals? Then go to dcatd.org forward slash COPs to learn more about our independent consultant, instructional design, leadership development, and government communities of practice. Love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and provide a review. 